Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 678, air date July 25th, 2020. As a periscope, so they're coming on too. So let's see who do we got today. Um, Michelle, can you tell me who's coming in on Instagram? Who do we got joining us? So we have people from everyone's excited about onions. Yeah, I did a little, uh, hi Genevieve, uh, Texas, uh, we have joining. Yeah, before I did this, I put a post out on Twitter because, you know, I actually organized two talks for today, ginger and onions, and I wasn't sure which one to do, but it looked like it was a pretty clear split. Uh, A lot of people wanted onions, a lot of people wanted ginger, and it looked like ginger may, uh, onions may have been winning by a few votes, so we decided to do onions. So anyway, we have people from Massachusetts. We have people from Redmond, Washington. Hello from Los Angeles. Hello from Philadelphia, Ontario, Canada, California, uh, Pennsylvania, California, Texas, London, Cal- California, London, St. Louis. Louis. Good to have you. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Who else do we have? Oh, hi from Massachusetts. Ellen... Uh, Who's that? Ellen? Yeah, I always like to also remember we're running for U.S. Senate here. We love to get people from all over the world. Uh, And all of you from all over the world or also from outside of Massachusetts, please make sure you let everyone know that I'm running for United States Senate. The election is coming up September 1st uh, in about 38 days. And we have to win the Republican primary to win truth, freedom and health. Iowa, how are you? Illinois, great to have you. Uh, Tennessee, Las Vegas, Kansas, Winnipeg, um, Maryland, Michigan, France, France. Great to have in France, Australia, Japan, Connecticut, Idaho. Indonesia. Hi from Massachusetts. We have another. Everyone say uh, Orlando, Florida, Texas, Indonesia. It's great place. I've wanted to go. What? Antarctica. Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) We have people from Antarctica. Wow. <laughs> there could be someone there. How do you know? It could be Oregon. Braintree. Yes. James O'Brien from Jane O'Brien from Braintree. Great to have you. Florida, North Carolina, New York, UK, Germany, uh, Atlantis, Atlantis. Wow. It's a sunken. That's a sunken world. People are coming from there. Thailand, onions. Um, who's, who's Atlantis? I just saw Atlantis. Here's Atlantis. Superior siege official from Atlantis, England, Cape Cod. Excellent. Kentucky, uh, Guyana, Grand Prairie. Um, great to have Mars. Newton Mass. Newton Mass. Great to have you. All right. Trinidad, Tobago, Mumbai. I grew up in Bombay, by the way, what's now called Mumbai. Uh, Thailand, Chicago, Hopedale, Massachusetts. Great to have you. Chicago. Anyway, great to have all of you as people, Nuburu. Algeria. <laughs> Algeria, Sweden, wonderful. Uh, Mark from Cape, Cape Cod Hydroponics, Cambridge, Mass. Great to have you. Um, there we go. So a lot of people are coming in, great. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. A lot of people are asking if you're to debate Fauci. Yeah, so we'll talk about Fauci. Let me um, start today by, first of all, reviewing what's going on. Uh, very quickly, everyone knows I'm running for U.S. Senate, um, and our Senate election, as you know, is, is taking place in Massachusetts. It's a Senate election, but more importantly, it's really a, a big election because rarely has someone like myself ever wanted to run for office. 
And for that matter, um, you know, typically it's lawyers. In fact, I'm running against three lawyers. Most of you know our campaign slogan is truth, freedom, and health. It's something that's really taken off because of the foundations of getting to truth is we need freedom, open discourse, open debate, and that's how we get to truth. And truth is basically comes out of science. Now, science is something that you know is something that's a difficult um, uh, thing to practice because it really requires a commitment to truth. You do experiments, you gather data. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. Uh, if we don't practice freedom, if we don't allow people to have open debate, you end up with scientific consensus, which means it's really not about anything to do with truth. It's trying to convince or force down everyone something is good. For example, masks are good. Um, as some of you may know, I've been uh, doing a bunch of uh, tweets out there, and there's been a number of papers that came out, one paper that came out in May, another paper that came out in May, clearly showing that masks have very, very little effects. But if you build scientific consensus telling everyone that masks are great, guess what? You you pummel it down people's throat, just like telling people that you know the um, sun revolves around the earth and everyone is forced to believe it. That's not science. That's what I call fascism. And we have a lot of that going on right now. And one of the reasons this is happening is there's a big difference between science and engineering. You see, in science, and I'll do probably a talk on this, you basically take a system, you put an input in it, in it, you get an output, you're trying to understand what's going on. And then based on the output, you fit a line to a curve. Based on how you collect the data, what kind of curve you want to draw, you can manipulate it because you're using statistics. Now, when you do engineering, you have to look at something you say is true and actually practice it in the real world. So in many ways, an engineer or a plumber or an electrician has to deal with reality. Scientists don't, so they can lie. It's a, it's a very subtle but important distinction. Um, so we go to our website. Uh, I want to encourage everyone to recognize that truth, freedom, and health is really the foundation of the campaign because from freedom, we get to do practice real science, we get to truth, and from truth, we can identify a real problem and a real situation um, or, or the real solution. In the current case of the entire coronavirus thing, the thing I've been really pounding away on is that the fun fundamentals here are, is there's a big push for masks, big push for forced vaccinations, but the reality is we should boost our immune system. And that's what I'm very committed to teaching all of you, the power of foods, the power of different kinds of constitutive uh, you know, elements that we can look at, support all based on science, uh, not just one piece of science, but a lot of science. Uh, if you go to our website, we encourage everyone to support our campaign. If you're outside of the United States, just to be clear, you cannot support a federal campaign. I know many of you join us. We love that. But those of you in the United States who are U.S. citizens, uh, by the way, you can be a U.S. citizen outside of America and you can support the campaign. But um, one of the ways you can support is you can donate to the campaign. And when you when you support the campaign, one of the cool things, there's a book here that I have called System and Revolution that I'm showing on the screen. My goal, one of my goals is I believe that if people really understood system science, systems thinking, it's a whole different field that should be taught, in my view, all, all over the world. Um, in fact, I've created a whole institute. In fact, I'll take you to it called systemshealth.com. People have asked me to talk about it. I got a bunch of emails. Systemshealth.com is an institute I created where you can actually, it's a certification institute. You can learn the foundations of systems. You can learn, you know, you can get a master's training in it but it's something I created 
recognizing that there's this big gap for the vast majority of people who don't really understand what systems are. And so when I created systems, um, when, when I decided to run for Senate, I felt as a part of our campaign, those who supported us, I didn't want to wait until I won the Senate seat to start talking about this, but you can really learn about system science from this book, System and Revolution. It'll take about a couple of hours. It's about 108 pages. And then you can use the theory from that book to really understand how your body is a system. And that's a piece of software I wrote after I finished my PhD and my research work uh, on my Fulbright. Those of you, again, who are outside of the United States, you can also access these directly right by going to yourbodyyoursystem.com. And by the way, this is that software. This system of software will teach you how to answer a set of questions to understand what kind of system you are. And that's displayed in this triangle, in the three-dimensional triangle um, uh, with that red circle. That's who you are. By the way, the red circle will move around because everyone is a unique system. And then the black dot represents where you are today relative to where you want to be, which is that red dot. And then you can figure out how to maneuver different inputs, no different than you maneuver your car or an airplane or how your thermostat works, send different inputs in to bring your system back to you. That's what we're doing here, foods, supplements, et cetera. So the cool thing about this is you actually can understand how systems work, apply the theory, but more importantly, apply it to you. So anyway, please go support the campaign. Um, one of the, a couple of things I wanna cover, people have been asking about uh, what's going on on the other realms. So uh, one of the other areas is, you know, if you watch my Twitter feed, or if you go to my Facebook feed, I'm constantly putting out tweets about what's taking place. But one of the important uh, Twitter things that were, uh, one of the tweets that I just put out, let me go back to this, is um, about, we have a couple of very important events taking place. Let me see if I can bring that up. Here we go. Yeah, so we have a very important event taking place. It's taking place tomorrow, and it's all of you, whether you're outside of the country, in the country, in Massachusetts, we have a really cool event. Mattapan is a very culturally rich area, a lot of diversity there, but we're gonna have music, we're gonna have food, and we're gonna have truth. We're gonna have various speakers. I'll be speaking about real racism versus fake racism and how we unite America. And as I've said, we need to move this country beyond left and right, beyond black and white, and it's time for working people to unite. And when I mean working people, I mean people actually are the majority of us, the middle class who pay our taxes, who get up, who work. And I'm not talking about those people who try to cheat the system on both ends, right? The elites are as well as the other end. So that's tomorrow, July 25th, tomorrow, Saturday. It's right in Mattapan, uh, no cost. Uh, we're gonna be doing food and music, and then we'll have various speakers. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and we'll be also sharing some other stuff there. The other thing that I wanted to let you guys know is that uh, many of you know I've challenged Fauci to a debate. In fact, I'm willing to pay his first-class tickets, pay his hotel here, and um, instead of waiting, you know, I don't really like waiting for what's going to happen. We've organized the event right in the heart of Massachusetts, the Innovation Technology Center known as Kendall Square. If you look at Massachusetts, you can Google Kendall Square. Kendall Square, and if you look in a 200-yard radius, you'll see Pfizer, you'll see Novartis, you'll see Monsanto, you'll see Google, Facebook, Microsoft. You'll also see Moderna, the, the company that Fauci uh, is supportive in the CDC to attempt to 
force vaccinate all of us. So, so I've called Fauci there, and as you read this tweet, it says the American people, you know, we delivered several months ago 120,000 signatures to fire Fauci. Uh, Fauci essentially is hired more than likely a PR agency to try to resurrect his image because this guy's essentially been a part of the government bureaucracy, the deep state for many years. You know, he plays his role out. That's what he's playing. In my view, he does not know science. If anything, his science, if you want to give him a, a benefit of the doubt, it's outdated, uh, particularly the science of the immune system. Uh, we'll do a whole talk about how he basically saved Robert Gala, who was, whose work was proven fraudulent, connecting HIV to causing AIDS, when it's actually not true. You know, there are two different phenomena that are taking place, and we can do a whole talk on it. Um, uh, uh, Duisburg, Professor Duisburg has done some great work on it, and we'll do probably another talk on it. But I'm challenging Fauci. By the way, everyone on Instagram, you can go to YouTube or you can go right up onto um, Facebook uh, to see what I'm sharing here. But we've called a a, uh, a a big discussion right in Kendall Square. Hopefully, he'll show up. And if not, we'll probably have someone else there who will likely step in for him. But uh, as you notice, it's Hollywood Fauci versus uh, science. So I, I encourage everyone to come. That's on the 29th, next Wednesday. But this tomorrow, those of you who are in town, please let your friends know. It's a great way to support what we're doing, but more importantly, uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun and music and food. So that's tomorrow in Mattapan. So let's jump right in and let's talk about onions, okay? Uh, two days ago, so just to give you the, uh, about a week ago, I did negative ions. You know, a long talk about that. And by the way, after I do a long talk, I'm all, I also do a small version of it. So people, you missed it, you get like a trailer. So this is a long form, but we did one on the power of negative ions, how powerful they are. Then we did one on turmeric. Then we did one on garlic. And this is really the fourth in this. Uh, I'm sorry, yesterday we did green tea, how it modulates the immune system. This is really the fifth in the series. We're going to do onions and tomorrow we're going to do ginger. So it's a lot of information. Um, but I pack it in so you can always come back and review it. So um, uh, um, many of you know that I have a deep commitment to um, uh, to approach this field, you know, of understanding how these supplements or foods or everything work in a in a analytical way. So all of you can actually uh, participate in this. I'm just going to actually bring up um, set up the show here, and the goal of this is that my view is if each one of you can really start appreciating the science, you can share it with friends, but more importantly, we can start understanding that food is medicine. And um, so let me just jump right into the slide set. Let's start right here. So let's go right to the PowerPoint. So um, uh, by the way, those of you who want to understand separate from running for Senate, I've been involved in health and systems for a long time. When I was a 14 year old kid, I actually invented the first email system while I was working as a full-time research fellow at a medical school. But one of the, um, and you can go read about all of that. There's a Time Magazine article came uh, up um, as, as we've talked about I'm running for Senate. But one of the cool uh, companies that I run today and the inventions that came out of my PhD work was called Cytosolve. And what Cytosolve really uh, emerged from was a motivation to first of all, look at the problem of how pharmaceutical drugs are created and the side effects they have and the fact that they kill lots of animals. It takes around 13 to 15 years to create one pharmaceutical drug. And to be clear, a pharmaceutical drug is typically a chemical 
molecule that does not typically occur in nature, it's synthesized. And in order to see if that works for some ailment that we have, it takes around 13 to 15 years, about $5 billion. First, we do test tube testing, then we kill a bunch of animals. And if, if that doesn't kill too many animals and we can convince the FDA, then we go into what's called clinical trials, small groups of humans, phase one, larger groups, phase two, and very large groups, phase three. Well, that entire process um, is very time consuming. And the drug that comes out of there, according to the recent data, it only helps 10% of the people that it was intended for. Lots of toxicities. You can sue the pharmaceutical companies. And if you look at this graph, what you find out is something quite fascinating. Everyone thinks pharma companies are doing well. What well, they really are not, if you really look underneath the hood, year over year, they're spending more and more money on R&D and they're actually getting less and less new drugs approved by the FDA. And the reason is these drugs have massive toxicity and the pharma companies, you know, if something happens to you, you can sue them. This is not true with vaccines. John Kennedy, who passed the National Vaccination Act, then his brother, Ted Kennedy, who tried to save that act by essentially putting a big, big bandaid called the National Vaccine Injury Program, in many ways uh, created a industry that you and I cannot sue the vaccine manufacturers. So it's, it's essentially all upside for them. So that really has led to a world right now where the pharma companies are moving to vaccines. And that's why it's a multi-trillion dollar opportunity to, through fear to try to force vaccinate everyone. And I've talked about that before. But um, my interest came back into medicine in around 2003, where something interesting was taking place. The genome project had ended in 2003, as you can see here. And what we discovered was we thought in 1993, we had around 100,000 genes because humans were thought to be more complex than a worm, which we probably are. But people correlated that to the number of genes. So the theory was, well, anything um, that's more complex must have more genes. But what you see in this graph is it's not true. We actually have the same number of genes as a worm. So this led into a new field called systems biology, which said that we need to connect the multiple systems, the cells, the proteins, the tissues, to really understand the whole. And as a part of that in 2003, one of the phenomenon that was taking place was a challenge by the National Science Foundation. Could you mathematically model the whole human cell? And if you think about the cell as being composed of many, many different chemical reactions, some of which we know, some of which we don't, but the thesis is if you could interconnect those, well, voila, you could model the cell. This was seen as an impossible problem. I came back but because I've loved medicine and computing. And by the way, these are these little chemical reactions. Someone could win a Nobel Prize just for figuring out how chemical A reacts with chemical B. But if you look at these molecular pathways, we can convert them to mathematical models. And the challenge is, suppose you can interconnect all those models together. And that really resulted in my creating Cytosolve, a very revolutionary, frankly, technology, which allows us to do that. And so uh, we use Cytosolve to do research, fundamental research. We use it as a public service, like I'm doing for you right now to teach you so you can actually arm yourselves with knowledge. So someone says, oh, garlic doesn't do anything or negative ions, what are they, or turmeric? Well, this is actual knowledge that we've distilled um, from a lot of the science work from Cytosolve. So we can take a lot of papers, extract from them the molecular pathways, interconnect them, and that's from the bioinformatics side, but we can also do computations. So what's really cool about Cytosolve is that it can be used just no different than how we used to build airplanes, how we build airplanes today. We don't just simply throw a test pilot in, 
or kill animals. We do everything on a computer. When a new design comes out, we make all of our mistakes on the computer without killing people. And that's what cytosol allows us to do. Cytosol allows us to model complex molecular phenomenon like inflammation or immune health or Alzheimer's, test the compounds on the computer and then figure out what works. A simple example of that is if you take two chemicals, curcumin, which is the active ingredient in turmeric, which we've talked about, or the active ingredient in grapes, resveratrol. And if I were to take all the information out there on how turmeric, the active ingredient being curcumin, interacted at the cellular level on inflammation, you'd get a diagram like this, which is what we put together. The outer circle is a cell wall, the inner circle is a nuclear wall. And you see all these ways that curcumin inhibits certain reactions, which call inflammation. Same thing with resveratrol. So we can do this kind of analysis, but then we can take it one step further to figure out how they both interact. And then we can run an experiment, a mathematical experiment without killing animals. So I can create inflammation. That's what that number 0.15 looks like in the fourth, fourth row, first column. I mean, fourth, fourth row, fourth column. And then you can see if I don't give any curcumin and resveratrol, I have inflammation. Then if I just give curcumin, you notice it goes down to 0.05. If I just give resveratrol by itself, it goes down to 0.06. Ivano, could you quickly get me my plug? I'm about to run out. It's it's over there. Um, quickly, thanks. Um, thank you. Sorry about that. And then you can actually see uh, how turmeric, uh, resveratrol brings it down. And then you can see what happens when we combine them. This is all on the computer. You see that curcumin, I brought down a three, resveratrol down a two, same total as both of them together. And then what you can see right here is that um, the interesting phenomenon is that, is that you get less reduction in the amount of inflammation. In fact, 200% less. So this is why foods are so powerful because a little bit of a lot of things creates what's called a synergistic effect. That's why food is medicine. So let's talk about onions. So, and by the way, those of you on Instagram, you can go to the YouTube uh, to listen to it, or you can go uh, on Facebook or on Twitter. So now onion in many ways, is what they call a complete functional food. Um, uh, uh, it's wildly, widely cultivated and it's used in all sorts of culinary uh, things. I'm sure all of us probably have had onions at some point, or we have them every day. Uh, in, uh, in, in meals like the Indian uh, culture, or I'm sure Italian culture, it's used in pretty much every meal. Now it was first documented use dates back nearly 3,500 uh, in the Egyptian, 3,500 years ago in the Egyptian codex, Ebers. The medicinal effect of onions are attributed to a couple of very important elements, the phenolic compounds, the minerals, the fiber, the organic sugars, and organic sulfur compounds. If you remember, I said that garlic is considered the king of the vegetable or the herb kingdom and garlic is the queen, okay? And one of the key things we talked about was that um, uh, onions have organic sulfur compounds. By the way, the Latin name for onion is allium sepa. Um, so relative to the non-volatile compounds, they're minerals, vitamins, uh, we're looking at phenolic compounds, organic sugars and fibers, but then it has these volatile compounds. When we say volatile, it doesn't mean they're going to blow you up, but they're the really active ones. Those are the organosulfur compounds. The minerals, like garlic, we have manganese, zinc, selenium, potassium, and phosphorus. 
uh, garlicus, a number of more items. But these are very powerful minerals. And then we have vitamins, vitamin C, you know, B1, B2, B3, B6, and vitamin E. And then there are around 22 different organosulfur compounds, and they break into two groups, L-cysteine sulfoxides, which is um, one of the important elements in, in onions, which is allium, which is S-allyl-L-cysteine sulfoxide. And you can see the chemical structure here. And this is a major organosulfur compound in onion. Now, again, very much like garlic, you really, the allium converts to allicin, which is really the potent form uh, of that organosulfur compound when you chop it, when you crush it, when you chew it, okay? So that's why uh, the mechanical process brings out that, um, that element, now, uh, allicin. Now, most of the medicinal benefits of onions are derived from allicin and it's what we call its metabolites. And there's three of them, SAMG, which is S-allomercaptoglutathione. And these are also in onions too, SAMC, S-allomercaptocysteine, and SAC, which is S-allol-L-cysteine, okay? So those are the three most important metabolites. The other um, very important phenolic compound, many of you may have heard of is what's called quercetin. Quercetin has a lot of antioxidant properties, a lot of anti-inflammatory pro properties. You can buy it in the vitamin store, quercetin by itself, but onions have this. And it's um, one of the richest source of dietary phenolic compounds. And, and what's, in, what's powerful is the quercetin, as I mentioned, has two properties, antioxidant, which means you know it's, it has anti-aging properties and anti-inflammatory. And quercetin and its derivatives represents 90% of the phenolic compounds in onion, okay? So if you look at the onion, when you look at the phenolic compounds, 90% of it is quercetin. And it's shown to benefit in, uh, in, in a number of areas. So let's discuss the three uh, areas. One is diabetes, and we'll get to immune health, cardiovascular health, antihypertensive, lowers blood pressure, and anti-atherosclerotic, uh, which means hardening of the arteries. And then you have cancer, a number of five cancers, colorectal, laryngeal, esophageal, gastric, as well as prostate. But relative to immune health, which is what we're gonna talk about today, there's really six areas that onion is very wonderful for. One, anti-allergy, antibacterial, antifungal, antiparasitic, antiviral and anti-inflammatory. Some of those are all interconnected or, or as we're gonna talk about. But again, when you look at the entire discourse that's been taking place for the last four, five, six months throughout the world, you have people scaring everyone through fear, masks, 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 social distancing, and you know, uh, essentially get ready for the vaccine. But isn't it amazing we haven't talked about the power of garlic or onions or getting out, connecting with people, and onion falls into one of those very powerful modalities to boost the immune system. Very quick review for those of you who've missed this and those of you who've seen this, it's a review. The model of the immune system that has historically been used, which is a base of vaccine, is a very simplified model, which consists of the innate immune system, which includes all the things that our body is exposed to, and then the adaptive immune system. The innate immune system contains certain cells, which are like marines, which right when they see a pathogen, a fungus, a bacteria, a virus, they, or, uh, or a parasite, they try to go knock it out just by shooting everywhere. They're not specific. Separate from that, 
let's say a virus makes it through, then the adaptive immune system kicks in to try to knock out that virus, what's called an antibody. And the basis of vaccines is to generate antibodies by injecting a, a, a quote unquote, an attenuated or deadened form of that virus, plus adding all sorts of other stuff to create an inflammatory reaction so your body creates antibodies. But the key thing is they're you know, going around the innate immune system thinking that they're better than nature. Look, it may work for certain people, for other people may have issues. And my fundamental issues, I'm not pro or anti-vax, I'm saying we need to understand the whole immune system and one size does not fit all. Whether you're gonna have vaccines or not should be an individual decision between you and consultation with your practitioner. And I say this because several months ago, I gave the talk on the modern view of the immune system at the National Science Foundation. I was asked to give the prestige lecture. What you find is besides those two boxes, the innate and the adaptive, we have another powerful system called the interferon system, which is a system that is waiting for viruses to come. And not only does it know how to interfere with those viruses by creating chemicals called interferons, but it also has the ability to upregulate many other genes, which protect you against many other viruses. Quite phenomenal. We also have the microbiome, which is the 60 trillion bacteria in our gut and elsewhere. The virome, nearly 380 trillion viruses we carry. And that microbiome and that structure is connected to our neural system, to the gut-brain axis. The bottom line is it's a very complex system. That's why one size does not fit all. So when it comes to onions, we, we can look at how onions affect the various subsystems of the immune system. Um, and, and these are the three particular compounds we're going to look at within onions that have the most direct effect. So first is the organosulfur compounds, second is quercetin, and the third is a mineral selenium, okay? Um, many people, there's a whole set of work, by the way, done on selenium, which says that many people have allergies. There's a, I forget the a gentleman's name, he was a doctor, he had all sorts of allergies. He went off to an island and studied everything he could do to find out why there were allergies, and he found out that it's an overreactive immune system caused by a deficiency of the mineral selenium. Selenium is extremely important for immune health and onions have it. And the onions also have active compounds that upregulate your immune cells to proliferate. So you have essentially more antiviral, antimicrobial activities. And onions also have compounds that lower the allergic response. So let's first of all, look at the innate immune system. Look, the innate immune system is a part of your body's immune system that's in your eyes, your notes, your you know, back or your larynx, you know, your salivary glands, it's in your mucosa. It's all over the everything external to your body. That innate immune system in this case um, consists of NK, uh, as you see, are natural killer cells. It consists, consists of the gamma, um, uh, gamma delta T cells and macrophages. Now it's really powerful if you look at all these three compounds, the organosulfur compounds, which occur in onions, the quercetin and the selenium, all those three um, uh, you know, molecules, they actually um, uh, proliferate and they promote anti-infection CD16 natural killer cells, CD16. These are the natural killer cells that are very effective at knocking out pathogens right in the front line within the innate immune system. And when you have those three compounds there, you have more macrophages, you have more, you know, um, gamma delta T cells, more natural killer cells, and that leads to antimicrobial effect. 
antibacterial effect, antiviral effect, antifungal effect. So this is why onions are very powerful because the selenium, the quercetin, and the organosulfur compounds boost your innate immune system. The other piece we've talked about in many of the lectures, by the way, if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you can look at those other lectures. In the whole coronavirus discourse, what's been left out, which I've been alerting everyone to and, and educating people on, it's not this virus, this, this boogeyman that comes and starts eating away the flesh of your body. It's your own immune system when it's not modulated, like a nice car driving on some nice shock absorbers, that when it's erratic or when it's weakened, your own immune system attacks itself. So one, and that's called through the cytokine storm. Cytokines are these chemicals which are signaling molecules throughout your body. And when you have the cytokine storm, your body starts attacking itself. So if you want some shock absorbers put in, that's what onions are. Onions modulate the cytokine response. So you don't have, you know, this massive erratic effect. Now quercetin inhibits enzymes such as lipoxygenase, okay, that are involved in uh, inflammation signaling. So you can see quercetin blocks that. Quercetin also inhibits two very other important cytokines, IL-6 and IL-8, that lead to inflammation. So quercetin comes in, it uh, inhibits lipoxy, uh, li li sorry, lipo, uh, lipoxygenase, which is an enzyme. It also inhibits IL-6 and 8. And by doing that, it basically inhibits inflammation, inflammatory enzymes, okay, uh, such as lipoxygenase. So that's what quercetin is good for. Separate from that, uh, the onion also inhibits trans transcription factor NF-kappa-beta. NF-kappa-beta is involved in many types of problems throughout your body, cancer-causing situations, etc. And that NF-kappa-beta is responsible for the transcription of inflammatory genes. Transcription means that NF-kappa-beta causes your genes to turn on and create other proteins or other cytokines, TNF-alpha, IL-1-beta, IL-12, IL-6, and MCP-1. <clears throat> One sec. So as you can see here, those are the chemicals involved in the cytokine storm. So basically, the modulatory effects of onion are through quercetin on one hand, um, it lowers inflammation, and with the organosulfur compounds on the other hand, it basically lowers IL-6, IL-8, IL-1-beta, TNF-alpha, and MCP-1, which create that cytokine storm, okay? So that's a second way at the biochemical, at the molecular systems level, how onion works. The next way is modulation of allergy. And remember, garlic really didn't have this quercetin. Garlic, we focused on organosulfur compounds. So with onion, you get the quercetin. So what quercetin does is when you have allergies, you really have a lot of histamine. It's a histamine reaction that are produced by a cell in your body called basophils. So those basophils start re releasing histamine and then you get an allergic response. And, you know, histamines are implicated in various kinds of foods. Some people have nut allergies, shellfish allergies, pollen. But one of the nice things about onion, it can, again, modulate that allergic response. So you don't get outrageous allergies. And um, onion mitigates that, again, with the quercetin and the organosulfur compounds, which essentially, you know, reduce the production of those histamines okay so and i have a theory that if you look at most traditional cultures 
whenever people had, for example, things like shellfish, like my mom used to be extremely allergic to it, um, or meats, some people are. Meats, you know, a lot of proteins, animal products were always seasoned with lots of garlic, lots of onions. And I believe this was done to really modulate the histamine response. Um, you know, as meats get older, if you just have them lying around, uh, there's a theory that they also produce more histamines. In fact, there's a lot of data showing this. So I think the traditional cultures were very, very cognizant of it. And they realized, let's add some garlic. Let's add some onions, ginger. In the Indian system, they had a whole range of spices, which really modulated that inflammatory process. People always ask, how much should I take? Okay. So I've always added that to these talks. Well, when it comes to maintenance dose, according to Blumenthal back in 1998, about 20 grams of dried onions, you know, 50 grams of fresh onion. And you can figure that out. And it's probably about a half a cup or something, right? But you can chop it up or you can dry it. Uh, in some situations, people dry it. For diabetes, you know, work done then in 2016 said about 100 grams of onions a day really help modulate diabetes. And for hypertension, um, you know, the work by Bruhl uh, in 20. Uh, 15 essentially showed about 162 milligrams a day of quercetin. You can buy quercetin. I mean, you can get it from the onions or you can go buy quercetin if you, you know, don't want to, uh, you know, eat onions. Um, for immune support, people have looked at around 250 to 500 milligrams per kilogram, you know, per day of onion extract. Mirabu and Samson did that work in 2012. But when you really check onions out, you realize that everything I'm sharing with you is not just some woo-woo medicine. It's based on if you go to PubMed and you actually do the research on your own, you'll find that there's close to 22,000, as of yesterday, 645 research articles on onions, of, you know, using them in all different kinds of things. 112 clinical trials, which means on humans, and over 134 years of scientific research. So just compare the amount of research that's been done on onions to compare it to what has been on, done on this, a new vaccine that's coming out. It's quite amazing. Very little, lot of research on things like onions and garlic. Yet in the national discourse, Fauci, the CDC, don't even talk about this on how to boost your immune system. And that's why, you know, as I run for US Senate, as I talk about these things, the fortune that I had um, to be trained as a scientist, as an engineer interested in medicine, I wanted to share this with you. Now, as many of you know, I, I also like to take an Eastern systems approach to all of this, right? So I've shared with you from a molecular systems biology approach, the value of onions at the molecular level in all these different ways. But you can also take a very different approach and understand all of this um, from a engineering system standpoint. As I shared with you earlier, when I finished up my PhD work in 2007, I took a little bit of time and I went back to India to really study Indian systems of medicine. And that's what resulted in my creating Your Body, Your System and a whole course thing called Systems Health, which everyone's able to take. But Systems Health unites East and West by discovering that the traditional systems of medicine and the language that they use to describe the body is really wasn't a medical system. It really is related to engineering systems theory. And when I discovered that, I created a course, I've taught it at Harvard, I've taught it at MIT, I've taught it at uh, Walter Reed, I've done lectures on this, uh, but I put all of that into a course where you can get certified, 
You can also go and get a master certification. Uh, there's a whole thing I've done online because I want to bridge East and West together. But if you take that program, um, and by the way, um, if you want to understand it in a much more condensed way quickly as your first introduction, you can go to your body, your system, and you can, uh, by the way, if you go to get started now, you can get the book system and revolution. You can actually understand the principles of all systems. And then you can actually understand how this tool can be used by you to understand your body as a system. As I mentioned, one of the key things you find out that your body is a particular homeostasis, which means who you are, that's that red dot. And that black dot is where you may be deviated from imbalances by not eating well, not getting enough sleep, not exercising. And the goal of this entire process of eating and food and health is to bring you back to you. But foods, every food is also a system. Every food has a certain amount of transport, conversion and storage, and it can lower and raise it. So what I wanted to um, share with you is when you look at onions, separate from looking at it as a molecular system standpoint, I also wanted to look at it from that approach. And again, uh, you want to learn more, go get System and Revolution, you can, you can learn it. Um, but what you'll see here is that in this case, oops, let me um, stop this. Let me share the screen and go back to this slide set. And yeah, so if you look at onions, uh, remember there's, when you look at the body as a system, if you have a chance to um, go and explore system and revolution, learn system science, you'll find out that all systems in the universe consist of three forces, the forces of motion, right? Movement or the aspect of movement. Uh, that's called transport with a T. Then the other aspect is the aspect of conversion. Digestion is a conversion process. You're listening to me and your body transduces my, converts my sound waves, goes through the computer, and then you're comprehending that. Comprehension is a, cognition is a conversion process. Digestion is. And then storage or structure is that part of a system which is a thing that envelops it and gives it structure. So for example, if you're making a bowl of soup, it's a bowl is a structure, okay? For computers, it's a thing that stores or gives structure to the memory, which is a USB disk. In your body, it's your fat cells or your memory cells, et cetera. So when you look at onions, like, and by the way, you can look at this as everything in the universe, onions stabilize transport. They don't increase it, they don't bring it down, they stabilize it. But onions increase pitta, as it's known in the Indian system, or conversion, which means they increase digestion. So if you already have a very fast metabolism, um, you should be careful how much onions you're taking. This will help you understand that. But it also increases kapha, which means helps you, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 increase storage in your body, you know, put on kapha. So you have to be careful about that, okay? So you have transport, conversion, and storage. So onions, in summary, activate the cells of the innate immune system. They inhibit inflammatory enzymes, such as lipoxygenase and inflammatory cytokines involved in the cytokine storm, and onions mitigate allergic reactions. So I, I hope you can see onions and garlic, that's why they're considered the king uh, uh, garlic and the queen of the uh, herb or vegetable kingdom because they have very similar uses, but again, um, onions have the power of that quercetin in there. All right, anyway, I hope this was valuable. Again, before I take questions, everyone should be aware. Um, please know that 
this weekend, we're having a great event uh, at Shiva for Senate uh, in, um, in Mattapan. So you can go find out about that. If you want to go learn more about the campaign Mattapan, that's tomorrow. And you can go to the website and find out about it. If you go to Shiva for Senate and you scroll down a little bit, you, uh, actually right off the top here, you can see there's a big button here called ev events. And if you click on events, you can find all information. So if you go to Dr. Shiva in Mattapan Music, Food and Truth, please, you can go up here and you can just click Eventbrite. There's no cost to attend. I look forward to seeing everyone there. And um, again, for those of you who want to support the campaign who are in the United States, those of you outside can go to your body, your system directly. But those of you who support the campaign, you get the book and you get access to that software. So please take advantage of that. It's not here to make money. It's really to educate you as a part of our whole movement here for truth, freedom, and health. So let me take some questions and we'll see what we got here. Um, by the way, thank you everyone for all your comments yesterday. Uh, people wanted me to do future talks on oregano oil, on chaga, on you know neem. So we have, we've added that to our list. They will be coming. But if you have any other ones you want me to do, we can do that. A uh, horsetail, horsetail, yes, a lot of minerals in horsetail. Silica is one of the most important elements of horsetail. Again, to remind me, please email me at V as in Victor A, VA Shiva at vashiva.com. And we, we listen to you, we'll add it to our list of things to do. Um, cilantro, cilantro, again, email me at vashiva at vashiva.com, garlic, um, garlic, we actually did, if you want to go find it, marshmallow root. That's a great one. Uh, don't listen to people that turn you against anyway. Um, glutathione. By the way, if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you'll find all the videos. We did one on glutathione. It's up there. Astrali astragalus. Yes, great immune boosting. We'll do that. Again, email me at vashiva at vashiva.com so we can add it. Elderberry is on the list already. We're going to be doing that. Jasmine is, isn't. Black seed oil. We've already done great research. We did quite a bit of research, almost about six months of research on black seed, uh, black cumin seed oil. Uh, magnesium, nascent iodine. We've also done a lecture on iodine. Um, if you go to, again, truthfreedomhealth.com, you'll find the one that we did on iodine. You know, the protocol I wrote to the president of the United States to boost the immune system, I recommended vitamin C vitamin A, vitamin D, D3 specifically, iodine and zinc. And by the way, that recommendation I made was incorporated by the CDC. You know, we didn't get the credit, but that's okay. The important thing is the CDC, after the pounding we've been doing, exposing that, they've also incorporated that as a part of the protocol that they recommend, which is good for boosting the immune system. NAC, daily amount to take. So NAC is a precursor to glutathione, I'll do a special one just on NAC and we'll discuss that. Soursop, that's a great one. Someone says, my daughter takes, let me put this, takes Prozac. Can you put this through Cytosol? Think it's a horrible drug. Yeah, look, we don't just have to do natural medicines. We can also run these drugs through. You know, when I started Cytosol, you know, no one, frankly, when I was doing it at MIT, people thought it was impossible. We built it. After we built it, remember, still in the world of science, pharma is considered the gold standard. So when I first started, I actually wanted pharma companies to use it. Um, you know, we uh, connected with Pfizer's our innovation group, wanted to use our mathematical models to see in, in an area 
of what's called lupus. So we did some work there. We also work to understand we've actually offered it to see if they want to use it for testing vaccines. No one's taken us up because we'll probably find a lot of the stuff in there, uh, you know, causes all sorts of toxicity. We could definitely run Prozac through. That'd be a pretty cool thing to do. So um, we did work with the military several years ago to look at the combination of supplements certain of the soldiers were taking. Um, Yohimbi, synephrine, uh, which is also known as bitter orange, caffeine, arginine, and creatine, and how those combinations could cause adverse effects. So you can use cytosol for anything. We've actually used cytosol to show when you do genetic engineering, how it upsets the molecular pathways in plants, um, resulting in them upregulating formaldehyde and eating up glutathione. Okay, um, so hemp seed oil, great ideas. We already have olive leaf on there, but please email me at V as in Victor, I'll put my email right here, Shiva. let me type it in, at vashiva.com, that comes right to me, and um, we'll put that also in the pipeline to do. So anyway, I hope this has been valuable. Um, keep it, if you go to my Twitter stream, let me just go there before I end, you'll notice that what I'm doing is after I do these long forms, I also um, tend to do, we have a great video guy who takes my long forms and he shrinks it into a, a short form so everyone can actually uh, follow it. So if you go to um, Twitter, right, if you're on Twitter, uh, by the way, these are everywhere. And one, before I go there, if there, anyone wants to go to truth, truthfreedomhealth.com, this is becoming a fast growing library of all the videos we've done. So if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you'll see, for example, green teas up there, um, garlic, uh, and, you know, political, all the videos I do up there, you can go here and you can find all the previous videos I've also done. And, um, what did I just want to take? Oh, yeah. So if you go to Twitter, if people go to Twitter and if you're on Twitter or Facebook, but in my Twitter timeline, one of the things that you'll see here is on Twitter. Um, I typically, after I do these videos, I'll post a short version of them. So right now we have a video that I did a couple of days ago on negative ions. You know, it's an hour talk, but I also have the short form version of it. It's already got about 8,000 views. And then if you want to go look at the long form, you can go look at that. So I hope you enjoy that. And um, again, our campaign is a campaign, Shiva for Senate for Truth, Freedom and Health. Uh, when we're strong, we can fight for freedom. And when we have freedom, we can get to truth and so on. So please, any one of you outside of the United States, you're welcome to go directly to your body, your system. Let every one of your friends, friends, friends know in Massachusetts, September 1st, we have about 38 days left. We must win that. It's a win for all of us. Those of you in the United States or in Massachusetts, tomorrow is a big event, Mattapan. Uh, go to the website. We hope to see you there. It's gonna be a lot of fun, but volunteer, donate to the campaign. You, Everyone can help win. There's never been a campaign like this where there's been one of us, me, uh, who actually works for a living, running, and I'm running against three lawyers. We gotta win in Massachusetts. September 1st, September 1st, September 1st. Let's win for truth, freedom, and health. Anyway, everyone be well. Keep up the fight. Truth, freedom, and health. Thank you very much. Be well.